Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM. Phone lines are open, 833-804-0910. Or you can tweet us at 910thefan at AWOD Radio. We were just doing dude food, and I got a tweet that comes in from a big-time member of the AWOD Army. Always appreciate his support listening to the show. Ron says... Panera just added smoked chipotle chicken on sourdough. He says it's fire. That sounds really good. Smoked chipotle chicken on sourdough bread. Always fun when the listeners chime in on an impromptu dude food on AWOD radio. But last night, Max Sholga tops 1,000 points for his collegiate career as the Rams blitz Rhode Island 88-67. to If you missed it, rewind on the Odyssey app back to 12.30 to hear my post-game chat with ECU point guard Zeb Jackson who had an all-round effort with 11 points, 6 rebounds, 5 assists, and three steals to lead victory, lead VCU to a 21-point victory at home over the Rhode Island Rams. Joining us right now on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline covers VCU Athletics for the Richmond Times-Dispatch. It's Zach Joachim. What's going on, Zach? Hey, what? what's up, man? How are you today? I'm doing great, man. Hey, can we give you a lot of credit for the work that you've done and uh, getting a promotion? Have you made that uh, public yet? <laughs> I have, yes. I'm moving on to, to Deputy Sports Editor. Um, How about that? Times Dispatch. That's Thank our guy. Thank you so much for that. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, I, man. You totally deserve it. it. Thank you so much. I appreciate that a great deal. I appreciate everyone in the Richmond area who's ever trusted me um, with their story. You know, I've been covering primarily high school sports in the area for a while, and then last year moved on to VCU and have been doing a lot more college and, and professional coverage since. And um, I love this area. It's been an honor to, to tell your stories, Richmond. So, so thank you. That's awesome, man. So we're looking forward to uh, continued great coverage of VCU Athletics. Follow his work online, richmond.com. Uh, what was your biggest takeaway from the game last night? I, I think mine was I thought Zeb Jackson had a sense of urgency to start the game. Two assists and two steals in the first four minutes. He man, he was instrumental in that fast start, wasn't he? And even later in the game, I think you were you were sitting next to me, and we were both pointing to it. They're up twenty plus points, and he was picking up full court yeah. a little bit defensively. And so he he clearly sets the tone for this team intensity wise. Um, he's the one leading the huddles, telling everyone to to get assembled during stoppages, right? Um, and that's been awesome to see. I think this fan base has developed a really strong affinity. For, for Zeb through everything, all of the change in the offseason with him kind of becoming the, the de facto glue guy of this program, um, staying amid the coaching change and all the roster turnover. And so it, it's been awesome to see Zeb take on that leadership role. He's an incredibly easy guy to root for. I know you interviewed him yesterday. I always love talking to him. He's great with the media. Um, I mean, my biggest takeaway from last night is offensive cohesion, I think, right? This is, the to me, the most cohesive that we've seen this team on that end of the floor all year and embracing roles is a huge part of that for me i think they're finally despite all of the the adversity you know of, of joe and sean missing a lot of time early in the year and then zeb missing time with the back spasms kind of in the middle of conference play there they finally to me seem settled on roles and rotations um i think ryan was was feeling through what he wanted his bench to look like for a while there right um Fats was, was playing significant minutes at the end of conference play and then in those first couple of games. Um, Michael Bell's minutes have increased since, and that's been a big part of the defensive turnaround, Michael Bell on that end of the floor. And Jason Nelson has been huge off the bench. He only scored three points last night, but, man, he affected the game um, in so many ways. Had another one of those chase-down steals. He's a fantastic ball handler. 
Um, and so there's a reason that he's playing 25-plus minutes off the bench, even though he's only scoring three points. He can affect the game in so many ways. And Joe and Max are obviously the big story, right? They, they lit it up, and when you've got a guy like Joe that can come off the bench and provide an offensive spark like that, then it's been uh, the driving force of some of the best offense that we've seen from this team all year, right? That second half against St. Joseph's, the whole game against Rhode Island, um, the whole game against St. Louis. They seem to have found an offensive rhythm, uh, Amherst and the UMass game notwithstanding, um, that I think has seen them playing their best basketball on that end of the floor of all year and of the Ryan O'Dimera to date. And Joe Bamisle, after the game, I believe he said, when I was open, I shot it, and sometimes <laughs> I wasn't open, and I shot it. It's just so cool to watch him. He, he, It seems like, so like, Brandon Rozell was the mayor of Richmond. Joe Bamisle might be the coolest guy in Richmond. It's awesome that this team has a, a few guys who have become really coveted fan favorites, right? Toby, too. The Toby chants all the time in the Seagull Center get really loud. And Joe interacts with the crowd a ton. Obviously, he's a hometown guy, and I think that's been a big part of it. And he's got, after all the adversity he's been through with his story um, and the different schools he's been at um, and returning to Richmond, it's a feel-good story, and so he's an easy guy to root for, but he's also just like his interaction with the crowd during games is awesome. He's always throwing up the three signs, right? He's high-fiving people on the sideline, running up and down the court. If there's a stoppage, then he's asking for more noise. Um, and I think the VCU fans have loved that. And then, man, the, the, the Toby chants anytime he skies for one of those rebounds. I think it was the Black and Cold fan pod account yesterday, right, that posted a, uh, a video of him grabbing a rebound. And it was a normal rebound, but it was not a normal rebound because it was a Toby Lawal rebound. And he just skied above everybody else and ripped it out of the air. And, you know, it's, it's even fun to watch him just come down with normal boards. And so I think Joe and Toby's points sometimes count for more than two and three points. Right When they're putting the ball in the bucket from a momentum standpoint, it gets this team going, and that has been the driving force of a, of a lot of the runs this year. You know, I was looking at uh, Matrix and, and Analytics has a new tweet out about the Atlantic 10 conference standings. VCU still has a 2.55% chance that they could finish first place in the A-10. Zach, you're telling me there's a chance. There is absolutely still a chance, which is wild to say with only three games left. Right, given how this team started conference play. If you'd have told everyone after the George Washington game that with three games left in the year, this team was still going to be in the conference title picture, I think they would have told you you were crazy. Right, But, but, but that's where we're at because they found a groove. And I think here's what needs to happen. They obviously have to win out. I think they only need to win one of the last three games to clinch the four seed. Um, and so that looks pretty solidified here. Obviously that Duquesne game at home, although they're, they're a solid team, is, is the easiest. And other than that, you've got two tough road tests at Robinson at UD Arena, neither of which you can you can bank on, but win one of those three games and you've got the four seed. In order for them to win the conference, they have to win out, and then they need a loss from Loyola, um, who plays at Dayton, or not at Dayton, I think they host Dayton tomorrow night. Um, so you would think that there's a decent chance that they drop that game, and if Loyola drops that game, and then BCU beats Richmond on Saturday, then all of a sudden it's looking very realistic that they could have a, a share of the conference title um, they hold the tiebreakers, obviously, with the head-to-head over Dayton and, uh, and Richmond. Although I was just talking to Coach O'Boyle um, in the Basketball Development Center uh, about this, and I think the Atlantic 10 kind of does it weird. Even if you own the head-to-head tiebreaker, then you share the conference regular season title with a team if you have the same record at the end of the year. So I think in, in any of these permutations, VCU would be sharing a regular season title with a team that they have the same record as even if it's Dayton or Richmond and they're 2-0 and against those teams. But for the for them to still be in the hunt 
to share a conference regular season title at this juncture is a testament to, to what Ryan Odom's done this year, right? And putting a bunch of disparate pieces together um, to find a groove in conference play. Um, you know, at the lower points, the, the GW loss, the Norfolk State loss, the first couple losses uh, in Orlando, I think uh, a lot of ECU fans would have uh, would have taken this and run with it if you told them that the Rams would be in this position uh, with March looming. Absolutely. A four seed right now, I, I feel very strongly they'll lock up the double bye, and they could even climb, climb the conference standings. You know, the schedule plays out really nice for them. Number one, the goal would be to win out, right? Uh, tie for the conference uh, regular season title. Or you take a tough loss at Richmond, or you take a tough loss at Dayton, and you learn from it, and then you're ready to play them again when it all matters most in Brooklyn for the A-10 tournament. So I love that they have two very difficult road tests still ahead of them before A-10 tournament in Brooklyn. Absolutely. What, what did you say last week or a week or so ago when, when you guys were talking about realistic expectations? on the black and gold fan pod, it was to get to Saturday, yeah. right? And if you if you can get to Saturday, then those are the teams that you're in all likelihood going to see. Um, and, yeah, so to have a matchup here, um, having already played those two teams twice in the regular season, uh, and then you get to see them shortly before going to Brooklyn, I think that's a major advantage preparation-wise going into going into those matchups later on. Man, Brooklyn's going to be a lot of fun. Are you excited? I'm so fired up, man. I'll be doing three live shows Wednesday, Thursday, Friday from Black Forest, Brooklyn on Fulton Street. It's literally three blocks from the stadium. So I hope you can stop by, Zach. Absolutely. Can we talk about Max Shulga and the Bee Gees, though? Yeah, I know. (laughs) Michael Phillips spent like an hour and a half on it already. (laughs) (laughs) That's so good. I've got a bunch of people clamoring asking for a list of all of the celebration songs for the rest of the players now, so I'm I'm doing some uh, some journalistic digging right now to try and uh, to try and dig that up uh, so that I can publish a list of everyone's celebration songs on the team because everyone's fascinated now. I listened to More Than a Woman this morning and I was <laughs> geeking out thinking about them celebrating in the locker room to that song. Yeah, no, it, it's hilarious, especially that it's Max Scholga that picked that as his song for being player of the game. You know what I think it is like an underrated big part of the game and, and that post-game press conference was analytics and how Ryan Odom is able to hold his players accountable. I thought it was really, really interesting how Sean Barristow pointed to, hey, the 3, 4, and 5, their job is to crash the glass and help with offensive rebounds. They track how many offensive rebounds those guys get. They track who wins the race. That's what the quote-unquote they said in fast breaks. Every little thing that they do on the court is tracked, and it helps them hold the players accountable. You know, you know the standard that you've set earlier in the season. If you drop off... They're going to call you out on it. And I think it's why this team has gelled so well. I think Matt Hart, the lead analytics guy, is, is very much leading that charge for VCU. He was obviously with Ryan um, at Utah State and has been a big part of his staff for years now, former George Washington player. Um, and I think that Ryan has said before that this is the best team that he's ever had in terms of digesting film study. And I think that's a big part of that, right? When you can present a takeaway um, like how you're crashing the glass to players from an analytic standpoint and give them you know, a tangible number to understand what the coaches are seeing on film, then that helps you know, college kids be able to, to, to understand and digest that and put that into action and manifest it in your next game a ton, right? And so I think that this staff has done a wonderful job of communicating stuff like that to these players and, and exactly analytics focus is a big part of that, and that's why Ryan has had such glowing praise of this team's ability to break down film and to put the things that they learn from film study into action in the next game. 
Zach, always great stuff, man. Read his work online, richmond.com. Follow Zach Joachim on social media, at Zach Joachim. Thanks a lot, man. Hey, well, you're the best. Everyone come out to the stew on Saturday. Come support the women. Yep, absolutely. The support her game, 1 p.m. at the Siegel Center. Before we head to Henrico, the Robin Center for VCU at Richmond. Don't go anywhere. I'll be right back. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM. Phone lines are open, 833-804-0910. 833-804-0910. Or you can tweet us throughout the show at AWOD Radio or at 910 The Fan. If it's a good tweet, we'll read it on air. Rewind back to 1230 on the free Odyssey app. Or after the show, check out the podcast at AWOD Radio on Spotify and iTunes. to Check out my inter- interview with... VCU captain and point guard Zeb Jackson, who was just terrific in the win last night over the Rhode Island Rams. So after the game, I uh, I was just hooked on hoops. Like I said, I watched most of the second half yeah. of that Lakers-Clippers game. Did you watch anything last night? No, I mean, I got home at about 10.30. Yeah. And actually, no, I, I watched the first half of the movie Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Oh, dude. Yeah. That is, you know, you're going to be mad at me. That's one of my favorites. Really? I, I'm i obsessed. How can you not be? No, I was enjoying Brad it. Pitt and I had nothing against There's like sexual tension and yeah. there's action. It's amazing. Yeah, I'm going to finish it out. I got too tired yeah. uh, to, to finish it at the time, but I thought I was you were going to be like that That movie stinks. No, 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 no. Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Yeah, I was, I was quite enjoying it. I literally it. am like obsessed with that movie. Really? I've, I've watched right. it a hundred times. Yeah. No, I, I it, it, it was fun. Yeah, because there's just there's something about it where well, I mean, obviously, I love Angelina Jolie. Yeah, I also have a guy crush on Brad Pitt, Who especially short haired Brad Pitt. Really? Not, not, no, not I like the long hair Pitt. Really? Like the bullet train look like, for or him? What was he looking in like uh, Once Time in Hollywood? Didn't he have like longer? I think medium? Bullet Train is the one I'm thinking of. Okay. I don't know if you've seen that one, I've seen Bullet Train. Bullet Train's actually a sneaky good movie. Oh well, yeah, yeah, big time. Yeah. Love that movie. What's my What's my guy's name that's in that uh, that was from Kick Ass? Aaron Johansson or something like that. Yeah, he was Quicksilver in the in Marvel as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think he's a good. I think actor. Aaron is is correct. All right, so let's uh, discuss it. What's the latest with Hollywood Entertainment here on Netflix? Netflix, the best of streaming services, TV, movies, books, podcasts, and more. We've got you covered on Netflix. Are you fired up for? A reboot of Naked Gun? Is that big enough for a lead story? <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, no. I really. love that movie, though. Yeah, of course. Everybody but, like, does. But I don't know. If someone said there was a reboot of Airplane, I wouldn't be sized. Yeah. Like, just, <laughs> I just hate remakes. Yeah. So that's not, I'm not in on that. What do you want to bring up today on Netflix? Let's see. I, 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 we can keep talking about Mr. and Mrs. Smith. That was, <laughs> I, I was enjoying it. I'm surprised you thought I would hate it. Yeah, it's because fun. it's just, yeah, it's not, I, I don't really think you love action. No, I love action. Really? Yeah. I just can also, unlike you, appreciate a movie without action. Yeah, I, I really <laughs> That's can. That's the difference. Is that I, I struggle. I, I also love an action movie. I just can enjoy a movie without action as well. Now, you do not watch television. You famously have said you're not interested in watching Game of Thrones or The Wire. Or uh, Breaking Bad. I mean, which is, <laughs> most people would say one of those three is their favorite show of all time. Yeah, I know. Rotten Tomatoes, certified fresh, 100% on Rotten Tomatoes, new show on FX and Hulu. It's called Shogun. 
Oh, is it doing well? I remember. Or as uh, my, my mom and I were watching, Siri on her phone said, new show, Shoggin. <laughs> <laughs> so the whole show we were watching, we were like, oh, is he the Shoggin? Is he the Shoggin? Um, it, it's, it's decent. Uh, okay. Watched the first episode. Wasn't, like, obsessed with it like I was hoping to be, but it's decent. It's got, uh, I don't know how do you pronounce his name, Hiroki Sonata. Is that the John Wick 4 guy? Oh, I he's been he in a in ton it. of movies. Yeah. yeah, yeah, He's, like, one of the most famous, uh, you know, Asian actors out there. He's 63 years old. He was big in The Last Samurai, which is a good movie. Have you seen The Last Samurai? I think I, Tom Cruise. Um, I think I owned it at one point, but I never saw it. He's in 47 Ronin, which everybody hated. Now, I didn't finish the movie, but I thought it was good. good fi- first 50 minutes. Okay. <laughs> there was a lot of murders in sure, it. Sure, sure. Uh, this guy, he was also the star of the Mortal Kombat movie that I don't think anybody liked. No, I think that's a, a mixed to negative one on that one. Yeah. You know, have you ever seen the movie Life? It is a Life. horror sci-fi featuring Jake Gyllenhaal and Ryan oh, Reynolds. Oh, I remember uh, the trailers for that back when it came out. Yeah. Uh, never checked it out, though. I never did either, but I, I'm hearing some good things yeah. about that. I watched another Best Picture nom. Okay. It's a movie you would hate. It's all talking. Anatomy of a Fall. Anatomy of a Fall. Anatomy of a Fall. It's It's... Half of oh, it that's is in that French. French movie, right? Yeah, but yeah. a lot of it's in English too. It's okay. it's a court drama about, and they're they're trying to figure out if this wife killed her husband or if he killed himself. Right. It's kind of it's kind of like a, you know a murder mystery kind of thing. A like, bit. It, it's like a murder mystery that reveals itself through the court scenes. Okay. It's mostly in a court. Uh-huh. I will say I listened when the junkies had their movie guy on. Yeah, yeah. One of the junks watched this movie and quite liked it. Really? Yeah. That's surprising. So that I, I think he said they he really liked, liked anything. Yeah. I know that he said he really liked court movies. Uh-huh. So that helped because that this is such a court movie. Although it's French court, and it seems their rules are a bit different. I struggled uh-huh. to follow. Yeah, because people would just start yapping about anything. So what is your official stub rating? That was a how was many a nine. inches stub? Not nine, nine or oh, four and a half. Four and a half, half inches. Yeah. yeah. We might have to do out of ten, just to give yourself a little room. I, no, I usually know. do five. Oh, you usually and, do yeah, five. Yeah, I usually do out of five, but with halves, okay. so it doesn't matter. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, did you see Dune 2 dashes to an early 7.6 million in the box office overseas? Unsurprised. Really? Yeah. Uh, but you're not interested. We're both kind of on the same page yeah, about Dune being not very good. Yeah, I'm probably going to see it, but I, I just did not care for part one. Hopefully, part two will be better as it will actually like conclude. That was a big part problem with the first one. It's, it's like the first act of a movie uh-huh. extended to two and a half minutes and doesn't really end. This one should end the story, so it might be... Better, but I don't. I was just bored. I was bored at the first one, and I don't yeah. usually get that bored at things like that. Uh, we do need to bring up a sad story here on Netflix today. Comedian Richard Lewis died at 76 years old. Uh, he was a star alongside Larry David on Curb Your Enthusiasm. The um. two have been friends for you know 50 years. And what's so sad in the most recent season and episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm. Larry David and Richard Lewis have this hilarious kind of like sparring match Mm -hmm. where they're on a golf cart arguing about who will die first. And Richard Lewis says, I'm going to go home and I'm going to buy a personal trainer to make sure I outlive you. And then Larry David says, I'll never eat red meat again to make sure I outlive you. And it's like this hilarious scene. And it just breaks my heart that I watched that scene like two days ago. And now Richard Lewis passed away. Crazy. This story is something that would be out of that show as well. Yeah. Just well, the thing is, is that his all of his friends and family knew his health wasn't great. I will be honest, though. He didn't look good in the last season before this of Curb Your Enthusiasm. Right. 
I didn't think he looked bad in this season. I was hoping that maybe he was getting healthy again, but it's just so sad. Curb Your Enthusiasm is one of my favorite shows of all time. Richard Lewis has played a huge part of that. And uh, obviously, my dad, you know, being um, you know older than uh, older than me, and, and in that generation, knows about Richard Lewis from way before Curb Your Enthusiasm. He's been a hilarious comedian for more than fifty years. Yeah, really sad story uh, that he passed away. Anything else you wanted to bring up on Netflix today? Uh, what else did I check out? Uh, I watched Sunset Boulevard for the first time. What is it's one Sunset of the most Boulevard? beloved movies of all time. Nineteen fifty, really? Billy Wilder. You're a, black you're and white a weirdo, movie. dude. <laughs> You just picked up a 1950 movie, <laughs> Black and White Noir, and said, I'm going to watch this. Yeah, that was the third movie I watched in the day. <laughs> wow. I did a triple feature on Tuesday. There you go. Yeah. All right. It was uh, Anatomy of a Fall. Good to know that outside of this radio show, you have a life. Working hard. Yeah, there you are. <laughs> All right, that's Stubb. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio on The Fan. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM. It's always Stubb bringing up movies from 40 or 50 years ago. <laughs> uh, yeah, so he brought up Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Uh, we just got a tweet saying, was Stubb talking about the Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie version or the new one with Donald Glover and Maya Eskern? Well, I could have been talking about the 1940 directed by Alfred Hitchcock version. I didn't even know that one. <laughs> yeah. do, you know, do you know who starred in that one? No, I don't. I probably wouldn't recognize those actors. Yeah. Uh, but I know Alfred Hitchcock. Yeah, of course. Uh, the, the show, I, I will give my roommate's review, yeah. uh, the ice cream roommate, so you can take his opinion as you will. It, he, he did not care for it. Okay. And he, he watched the first half of the movie with me also, and he said it's a completely different story set up conflict and everything. Uh, it's not very close. I do love Donald Glover I, I love and the Donald show Glover. Atlanta. Has there any been, been any update about him doing a, a, a Spider-Man role or he, him doing a Star Wars role? Because those uh, were the two things that were rumored. Right. The the Han Solo thing. I, I know there was some rumors about him writing something. I don't trust anything about a movie from the Star Wars group these days. I think the amount of things that have been announced and canceled... It's like 12 to 1 on getting made down there. Yeah. In terms of Spider-Man, he got that cameo in Across the Spider-Verse, but I, I don't see that going anywhere else. So he was he got the cameo in Across the Spider-Verse, but didn't he also uh, voice someone, uh, voice a Spider-Man in the actual Spider-Man? Like, he actually was in... He was in Spider-Man Homecoming. Right, right. Yes. But what, and he was playing the same character from Across the Spider-Verse. Yes, the Prowler. Right. So he technically is a Spider-Man character that they could use it to create a, a show or a, or a movie. Yeah, and the live action played Prowler, who would be Miles' uncle, yeah. Miles Morales. But Miles isn't in the MCU live action yet. Ah. And the so I, I, it's, like, vaguely implied that the one in Across the Spider-Verse is the one from the MCU. Yeah. It's confusing, and I but don't care it, that I mean, much. Just think about this, though. How damn talented is Donald Glover? Oh, I love that Donald That he can Glover. sing, right? He can sing. Oh, Give me a yes. ding. Because yes. he sings. Like, 3005, that's a singing song. Yeah. He can oh, also, he's a great singer. He can also rap, right? Yeah. He can also do stand-up comedy, and he can do action or drama. And he can write. Oh, that's a good Right, like too. Atlanta, he was a writer, and he can direct. He directed Atlanta. And he can edit. He's, he is, I bet he's, he's a one, darn good sports radio. He, he's one of the most <laughs> talented individuals in like the world right now in yeah. terms of like media. All right, so it is time for the Commander's Corner. If you want to chime in, 833-804-0910. I just tweeted out my question for Commander's fans. If you want to chime in, 833-804-0910. Are any true Skins fans 
Washington football team fans, Commanders fans, actually upset with Josh Harris today. 833-804-0910. As yesterday, reports came out that Commanders owner Josh Harris is sitting in on quarterback prospect interviews at the NFL Combine. So we all know he bought the Commanders for $6.05 billion. And um, obviously, everybody likes him more than Dan Snyder. But... In NFL circles, what he's doing, sitting in on conversations with quarterback prospects, is unusual. And Yahoo believes it's giving unwanted flashbacks for Commanders fans to the Daniel Snyder era. I'm here to completely disagree. Me too. I just think you're you're really jumping the gun to think that him sitting in the room is even, number one, him asking questions. Number two, is he even opening his mouth at all besides just shaking someone's hand? And number three, do you really think that he paid all this money and went out of his way to hire Adam Peters just to step all over him and make the decisions for him? No. That was the whole point of the Jedi Council, the advisory board, so that Josh Harris, who's not a football mind, hires people that are football minds. I think that this is only a conversation if he continues following years doing this. I think especially first year. I don't have an issue with it. So what he wants to be involved, right, as long as he's not going out of his way to ask the question. So here's the report. According to ESPN's Adam Schefter, Josh Harris has, in fact, sat in on all six interviews the team has had with top quarterback prospects at the NFL Stouting Combine this week. They say, quote, it's unusual to see NFL owners other than Jerry Jones of the Dallas Cowboys in Indianapolis during the combine. So to some, it's a red flag that Harris would be so hands-on. I don't consider it a red flag at all. I, I Honestly, I think it's really good. I think he's trying to really understand what it means to be an owner in the NFL. I think it's confusing. Yeah, I think it's really tough. That's my point with like giving him a p- complete pass this year. It, to me, it feels like he's just trying to learn the system and see what it looks like in these interview processes. Yeah. I agree. I don't think he's asking questions either. He just wants to fully understand what the people he hired are doing. Yep. If you want to chime in, 833-804-0910. It looks like we've got Patrick in Richmond on line one. What's going on, Patrick? Hey, you're on the fan. Hey, yeah, I, I wanted to uh, agree with you there. I think um, anybody that thinks you know, that could be a bad sign, the owner sitting in, a uh, little overblown there, out of proportion. Um, I think it's a good thing. You know, get the new owner in. If I'm, one thing, if I'm a player, I think it'd be kind of cool to meet the owner. It's like, hey, this guy's a cool guy. Like, I actually want to play with this team, you know. It's not just some guy in the background that you never even meet. Right. And, so, and um, he's I trying to clean cool. up for the previous owner, right? I mean, there's a bad taste on everyone's mouth on what it's like to play in Washington, number one, due to Dan Snyder. Well, number two, the NFL report cards came out, and they were dead last, 32nd in the NFL. So it's not like young quarterbacks are, like, dying to come to Washington. So getting to meet the owner seems to be a plus. Exactly, yeah. I mean, even, yeah, like you said, the young guys, if you get, if you hear you get picked by Washington, you're probably shaking your head like, oh, man, <laughs> there goes my career. Like, you, uh, you know, you got to see the new start. It's a new era now, so yeah, I, li- I like them in there and meet the young guys and, and maybe grab a beer with them after, you know? There you Show go. What's all about? Hey, it, with the so start of you. the new era, who would you like to be the commander's quarterback? Caleb Williams, Drake May, or Jaden Daniels? Ooh, uh, you know, I might be out a little out of left field here, but um, I like Penix. I'm seeing trade back for my guy Penix. I think he's going to be a stud, baby. 
I like the call. I appreciate it. I disagree that you can draft Michael Penix here. I just think, look, you you, you can't draft Michael Penix when you have the number two overall draft pick. You know, next year, you could draft Michael Penix. The year after that, you could draft draft Michael Penix. It doesn't matter. The problem is is that you have the number two overall pick. You have more power than anybody outside of the Chicago Bears. All right? And so, when Chicago goes number one, and they're probably going to take Caleb Williams, if you get 100 phone calls, and they're offering you three first-round picks for that number two overall pick. Then you can think about trading back to grab a, grab a quarterback like Michael Penix, but I just don't think you're going to get an offer that's good enough that you say, hey, our, our, our evaluation of Drake May is X, our evaluation of Michael Penix is Y, we can make it make sense based on the picks we're going to get. I just think the gap is too big. Like I, I really feel strongly that Caleb Williams and Drake May are by far the best quarterback prospects coming out of this year's NFL draft. I get it, Jane Daniels, the Heisman Trophy winner, and somebody's going to be obsessed with him. It might be MP on the mic. It's not me. It's not me. I'm a Caleb guy, and I'm Drake May number two. But I will say, I do think it's a complete nothing burger. If you want to chime in, 833-804-0910. Commanders fan in Maryland tweets me, no, not a big deal at all. That's why I just don't think true... Redskins fans are upset with Josh Harris for this situation. And I wonder, it's like, is it a sense of anything is better? Or I just trust this guy so much because he's not Dan Snyder? I just, I think the the hot thing to do, right, is to take shots at the owner when he hasn't done anything wrong yet. You know what I mean? Like, I see. I, believe me, I think there's a chance we end up hating him in five years, right? Yeah. There's a chance we hate, end up hating him in three. There's a chance we love him for the next 20 years. But um, he has done nothing to upset me yet. I, if, I'm if i telling you, I talked about this with Michael. If there's one thing to be upset about today, it's that they committed $75 million to upgrading the stadium and there was not one sentence about the 400 section. Yeah, that, that was... the common folks The, the suite getting, getting boosted first was a bit of a red flag. Yes. I won't lie. That's kind of been the... The oh, the first thing to to make and me I question. Even, Josh. I don't even think that's a Josh Harris thing. Maybe it is, and I'm wrong about him. But I think that's a Jason Wright thing, who's all about the bottom line. And the bottom line improves the more the suites are filled up. Problem yeah. is, is that when you watch on TV, the suites don't make the noise. No. Since when has <laughs> the suites started a chant? No. Unless you're unless we're talking about the Chiefs. Right. We see that suite all the time. Yeah. No. At Commanders games. It's the lower level and the 400 section where the true fans are at. The sweet section, those are just filled with the billionaires. I need the Jimmys and Joes. Not the Jimmys the and Joes. And I like that. I'm Adam Epstein. <laughs> You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. A big thank you to Chris Kowalczyk of VCU Athletics. I, I just really enjoyed the conversation I had post game with Zeb Jackson. We aired it today at 12.30 p.m. on The Fan, so you can rewind on the Odyssey app or catch the podcast, Best of AWOD Radio, every single day. I mean, you were impressed too, Stubb, with the way Zeb answering the questions. I mean, he just he speaks really well. Yeah. Uh, it, it does feel like when he talks that he is one of the emotional leaders on this team. And 
and and I really just wanted to give him a lot of credit for the maturity that I thought he showed this season. Yeah, he he was ready for an interview. He seemed very ready to answer, spoke clearly, the least ums, I yeah. would say. <laughs> this is I mean, this is a kid that was number uh top 100 uh, recruit out of high school. I think he was number 71 on ESPN. Went to Michigan, was part of an Elite Eight squad there, uh, where it's not like he played much, but he contributed in practice. And then at VCU last year, he had the game winner against Rhode Island. Now he played a lot of reserve minutes, but this year, being the captain, um, you know, there was a lot of pressure on him. And early in the season, it felt like he was jacking up threes. Now you're seeing he's kind of only shooting in the flow of the offense and he's when he's wide open because he knows. We got Shulga and Bamisil and Kwani Kwani to shoot the open threes. Zeb is much better when he's in a, fa- a facilitator, using his quick first step to get all the way to the cup and finish. And then when he's open, hit his shots. I also gave him credit on that interview. He had two really good moves that read, led to mid-range jumpers. And I know that's been a point of emphasis with the coaching staff is you might not be able to get all the way to the basket, but you can certainly shoot that little floater that Eric Maynor and Melvin Johnson made so famous here. At VCU. Phone lines are open 833-804-0910 or tweet us at 910thefan or at AWOD Radio. If it's a good tweet, we will read it on air. Uh, Mel tweets me, it's not the same portion of the fan base that doesn't listen to local morning sports radio as everybody's got a hot take on the Adam Schefter report. In case you missed it, he said, Quote, attending his first combine as the Washington Commander's owner, Josh Harris has sat in and taken part of each of the six interviews that the team has conducted with the top quarterback prospects in the draft. Most owners don't attend the combine. Harris not only is in Indianapolis, but a part of the quarterback interview process. Stubb, I want to read you the top three comments on that post from Adam Schefter because I think they're so telling about Commander's fans. Number one, Satan says... You're trying to secure the future of your team for the next 10 to 15 years with this pick. Truly the face of the franchise on and off the field marketing-wise. I would be concerned if the owner wasn't a part of those meetings. Fair. Good point. Because Josh Harris doesn't want to draft 25 quarterbacks like Dan Snyder had to do over his era. Right? And number one, he's he's absolutely right about for marketing purposes. Right? You take over the franchise. You want to sell jerseys. There's not really many people on the roster right now that people want to buy jerseys for outside of Terry McLaurin and maybe Jonathan Allen. But you get that big, sexy name at quarterback, Williams, on the back of a number seven jersey. For Caleb Williams, I think people would want to buy that, whether or not he has success. Yeah. They're just going to be excited. Maybe even a May. Maybe even a maybe May. Maybe even a May. M-A-Y-E. <laughs> Not like the month. Um, uh, Ditka tweets, as an owner, he should sit this one out. You will 99% of the time fall in love with the wrong guy. Leave it to the football guys. That makes sense. I understand that take. But not one time in any of the reports from Adam Schefter or others did they report that he was asking questions. He's sitting in on this. Maybe he has an opinion that he'll share with Adam Peters later. And maybe Adam Peters will listen to that uh, opinion, but I do think Peters is going to make the decision. Midtown Mike says Josh Harris and his group spent $6 billion on the Commanders. I don't blame him for wanting to meet the player who will have a significant impact on their future. That's kind of how I feel like the fan base should react to this. I think these all three are pretty reasonable takeaways. Right. I, I think it's a, a, a fair reaction from everyone here. Right. And you can fall in love with the wrong guy, and you absolutely should leave it to the football guys, 
There's been no report that he's not going to leave it to the football guys. That's what Dan Snyder did. Josh Harris is not the same guy. And I think we're falling into the same pattern. If you see a report about the owner doing something and you question it and your answer is, oh, he's a terrible owner. No, no, that was Dan Snyder. This is a new guy. This is a new guy. A new guy. All right, phone lines are open, 833-804-0910. If you've been listening to the show, spread the word. Send the podcast to a friend or relative. You can check us out on the Odyssey app or Spotify, iTunes. Each hour of the show is available every day for your drive home, including a best of hour. And on the final segment of the day, we spotlight the the biggest sporting event of the day here on Game Day. Every day on AWOD Radio is game day. Home of the biggest sports fans in town at 910 The Fan. We'll spotlight the best sporting event of the day here on Game Day. Yeah, right back and I'm here. I got the whole team in here now. It's feeling like game day in this bang day. We're the underdogs of the year. We ranking number one on the list. We put in overtime, so we ready for overtime at the clock. Give it his gang day. All right, I'm sticking with hoops here as I really enjoyed watching the Lakers uh, fourth quarter comeback last night. The Lakers are at home so they were at home last night but technically the Clippers were the home team. Well they're the home team tonight Crypto.com Arena in Los Angeles California and they're hosting the Washington Wizards. I will, be not, I will not be watching that game. That is not my choice for game day. But the 10pm game in the NBA on TNT is a juicy one. Okay. It features the Miami Heat against the Denver Nuggets. And this is a Heat team that we are talking about has won five straight and a Nuggets team that's won four straight. One of those two teams is taking an L tonight, and it's going to be a good one. Right now, the players to watch, I believe, are Bam Adebayo for the Heat and then, of course, your two-time MVP, Nikola Jokic for the Denver Nuggets. It's just crazy when you look at uh, Jokic's stats for this season. He's averaging 26 points a game, 13 rebounds, 12.5, and 9.3 assists. He's basically getting a triple-double with his eyes closed every night. It's just yeah. why. <laughs> every day I, I check the, the game cast, and it's like, oh, Another triple-double. No, another one for Jokic. Another one for his Jokic. 156 of his career. <laughs> yeah, we talked about it, MVP voting. I mean, at minus 150, it's only like $10 then to, w- to win five, right? But, yeah. Uh, or whatever, it's close to that. But uh, I would still do it because I don't see anybody else winning MVP this year. That's I a mean, tough it, one to follow. Yeah. Now, here's the thing is that I still believe the Nuggets, by the time this season is done, will be the number one seed in the Western Conference. I don't think the T-Wolves and Thunder will hold on, but both those teams are also on win streaks. Uh, T-Wolves have won three straight, the Thunder have won six. So it, it feels like the Nuggets have to keep winning these games. That's why it's such an important matchup, even though it's not even in their conference tonight against the Heat. They can't afford many more losses if they want to get up to the one spot, and it's so important there to move up in the standings because you want to avoid a first-round matchup, I believe, with the Dallas Mavericks and the Los Angeles Lakers. I think you could beat the Kings. I think you could beat the Pelicans or the Phoenix Suns. But I think you want to avoid Dallas with how good Kyrie and Luka Doncic have been this season. So my choice, spotlighting the biggest sporting event of the night, I will be watching TNT Thursday in the NBA with Heat at Nuggets. Game day. Game day. Game day. You know I got to pick those Hokies. Lady Hokies. 
Women's basketball they tonight, tonight at 7 on ESPN. They're going to be at Notre Dame. Oh, yeah. Should be good. They're, they're the 17 seed, so we're playing a, a ranked team here. Uh, we're coming off a 10-win streak down there. And I, I the women's Hokies basketball team has become my favorite team to follow this entire season. I, mean, I love watching them play. It's just... I'm going to be sad when it's over. Me right? too. Because they, you know, I don't want to say it, but it feels like they'll never be this good again. I, you've, got <laughs> yeah. a, you've got a generational type talent in Elizabeth Kitley. You've got an unbelievable point guard who seems to be getting better every game in Georgia Amor. A, a great coaching staff. And, and, and they brought back Kayla King to be the third scorer and the three-point shooter. But Elizabeth Kitley, she is going to most likely be three-time ACC Player of the Year. I, I, I know you've heard this before. Neither a man or a woman has ever accomplished that. And it's going down right here in Blacksburg. It's just, th- this is the most fun to watch basketball team in, in Virginia. Do you have I, any thoughts on going back to Blacksburg? Because they're going to host an NCAA tournament game. I should do that. You should. I should do that. That would be really fun. I, I'll, I would give you the day off. I'll find someone else to produce the show. I appreciate that. I should. I really should. And, and I want to, I won't lie. I've gotten a bit of a crush on Georgia Amorn. Oh, That's, really? Yeah, I. I I'm a fan. <laughs> I like watching her play. <laughs> she is. She's really. She's really cute, and she's. She's like really high basketball IQ. And right? she's so talented. Yeah, yeah. And she's. She's also quick witted. Our buddy Sons of Saturday Virginia Tech has posted some really funny videos of her. She's like got one liners. She's kind of a comedian. I feel like I really missed my opportunity up there. I could have <laughs> shot my shot. What can you do? Anyway, we got two I games left. I'm not sure that you had a chance, Stub, with that. <laughs> with that. <laughs> disgustingly long hair. When was the last time you shampooed? Last night? Uh, this morning. Oh, maybe you should take another week off. <laughs> <laughs> it's looking extra greasy tonight. That was Stubb. <laughs> I'm Adam Epstein. And we sh- we encourage you to check out the Lady Hokies and the NBA TNT game tonight between Miami and the Denver Nuggets. That was game day on the fan. Game day. All right, so tomorrow I'll be live from River City Roll. Michael Phillips has already committed to stopping by for his rematch. Are we bringing back the bowling challenge? Yeah. Find out tomorrow from 12 to 3 p.m. here on The Fan. It's Grant and Danny coming up next from Washington, D.C.